You're listening to Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker. The podcast is a series of personal essays I call audio narratives. I couple storytelling, found sound, and my own flute playing to explore a journey of self-discovery where I share the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment. We are badass people, and we don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. If you enjoy these podcasts, you can support them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. We're in Season 5, and I've been taking you on a southbound hike of the Appalachian Trail in one of the hardest seasons in memory with drenching rain. I hope you can bear with me. I'm going to interrupt our flow this week and take you to an entirely different place. Now, this event happened last summer before I started walking the Appalachian Trail, just a week before I left for Maine. I was in the Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park as an artist in residence. It was so amazing. I lived in beautiful Dan's cabin next to the Union River. No electricity or running water, and it was very early spring. There was still snow on the ground, and it actually got cold at night, but a beautiful wood stove in there. It really was one of the most extraordinary moments of my life. And I want to share it with you because I finally finished creating the work of art that I made for them, which, of course, is an audio narrative. So during my artistic residency, I immersed myself in a vividly sonic landscape, collecting sound as I hiked and allowing this natural environment to speak to me. And it spoke to me about spring's message. Spring's message is one of renewal and rebirth. And it's such a fleeting moment, so transitory, that if we don't pay attention and aren't listening, we could almost miss it. It's a steep climb to the overlook through second-growth maple and birch. The leaves crunch underfoot. Once red, yellow, orange, even purple, they're now bleached by a mat of quickly melting snow. Dirt-covered fingers that remind me of what was here in abundance only a few days ago. And suddenly, the air resonates with a twitchy whirr. It's a song so bright cheery and assured, so crisp, clean, and precise, it sounds like it was made for a cartoon bird rather than a living creature. And it's not just one singer high up in the tallest branches, it's a posse. They're Tennessee warblers. One lands on a branch right at eye level, tiny and plump with a green-yellow cape. Check me out, he seems to say, proud of his colorful spring plumage. In a blink of an eye, he's gone, flitting through the maze of branches to a higher perch where he joins the continuing chorus. It's spring in the mountains, short, ephemeral, loud, raucous. And it's particularly sensual here in the Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park, affectionately known as the Porkies, where billion-year-old bedrock meets primary forest, where roaring waterfalls race towards Lake Superior, where trails bring us near, but not quite within, secret recesses teeming with life. That includes the passerine, or perching warblers, 
34 different species have been identified in Michigan, with songs as buzzy as the insects they eat. Black-throated green and blue, chestnut-sided, Nashville, yellow-rumped, Blackburnian, pine, and redstart. And one of my favorites, the northern perula, his voice a rising trill, as if clearing his throat before a sharp punch at the end. So far north, the light is different. It's particularly noticeable in the primeval hemlock groves, where golden shafts penetrate light fog. The tall but graceful conifers reach out slender and flexible sprays that droop at the ends weighted by tiny cones. These hemlocks are older than the United States by hundreds of years. They thrive on glacier-carved hills, clinging to shallow soils above rivers and streams. The wind sets their almost human arms shimmying with a whoosh, and I shiver as chill air hits my cheek. A spring visit to the Porkies requires packing snowshoes and a bug net, long johns, as well as a t-shirt. Because it's hot in sun-filled openings, and that's where flowers find their advantage. Trout lilies spread out in a shag carpet of green and brown speckles. Showy and crepe-like trilliums spear last year's leaves on tough stalks, urgently reaching to the sky. A pathway of Dutchman's breeches appropriate a south-facing slope, the delicate breeches as if on a clothesline. I resist an urge to pick them. The forest won't look like this for long, and it's a momentary window of time before leaf-out, when all these flowers will sink back into the earth. Nearby, the tiny but mighty winter wren launches into a complex blend of trills, whistles, halftones, and overtones. His song is long-lasting and holds ten times the sound power of a crowing rooster. How does he do that, I wonder? I'm told he sings while breathing out as well as in. Making music like that, you simply don't ever run out of air and can go on forever. Beneath the exuberance of the wren are a red-breasted nuthatch and a least flycatcher, making up for their lack of creativity by being repetitious. The nuthatch is a Johnny One Note if there ever was one, repeating a nasal whack, whack, whack to find a mate. The flycatcher goes one better and without pause until someone, anyone, notices him. Certainly all this music sung by so many birds in springtime makes the season more wonderful for us. It's funny, I use the words sing and music when that's not how birds experience it at all. Biologically, birdsong is meant to attract mates and defend territory. It's a form of communication. We anthropomorphize or give human characteristics to birds. Similarly, we give spring itself a sense of meaning. That's especially so in spiritual practices, where spring is a metaphor for rebirth and a reminder to believers that God is all about making things new again. The greening of the earth, the sun's warmth, the ecstatic singing make everything feel easier, 
as if all things are possible. To put an exclamation point to that thought, spring melt explodes with sound. Silvery cascades rush fervently and frothy over cooled lava flow. Geologists have named this rock porcupine volcanics and lakeshore traps that, when exposed, break away into geometric tiles. The rock is so old, it owes its existence to a time before life on Earth, before any single living cell. That fact alone gives me pause. I leave the falls and walk back into thick forest, where snags are festooned with shelf fungus and nurse logs are green with life. Dirt's freshness fills my nostrils. A red squirrel, in constant jittery motion, searches the ground for a forgotten treat, then stops to check me out before scampering up a tree to scold me. One lone mosquito lazily rests on my leg. I can't bring myself to swat the poor guy so early in the season. Just then, I'm stopped in my tracks by the ethereal song of a wood thrush. Haunting and oh-so-lovely, thrushes create their gossamer melodies by way of two syrinxes, or voice boxes, which allow for one bird to play a duet. To paraphrase Henry David Thoreau, Whenever one hears a wood thrush, she is young, and nature is in her spring. Wherever she hears it, it's a new world and a free country, and the gates of heaven are not shut against her. Spring is like a glimpse into heaven and offers us a chance to be renewed. It teaches us about life's insatiable and insistent demand that we start over each year and open ourselves to the wonder of hope. Here in the Porcupine Mountains, nature is boisterous when in her spring. But these moments, like all of life, are fleeting and brief. They're so transitory, we could almost miss them if we're not fully present. You can see pictures and videos from my artist-in-residence at the Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park. They're up at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. You can support the show financially as a patron. There is a link to Patreon in the show notes or at the website blissfulhikerpodcast.com. And if you're looking to subscribe, we are on all podcast platforms, including Apple. Next week, we're back on the Appalachian Trail, and it gets really, really hard, up and down steep mountains in rain and cold. All along the way, though, I'm helped by friends and the spirit. Until then, kia kaha and happy trails.